this is an absolutely different service that we're having this morning. Profoundly spiritual. Right from the school of ministry. I knew something was going to spark in this house. The praise and worship was something out of the ordinary. The prayer for Nigeria was absolutely spot on. You look into the choir ministry, you know, the, uh, the congressional hymn, Look and Leave. Then you talk about the choir out of this world. You're already blessed. Except you are deaf and found. I can't see and can't hear. Even if we close the service now, you're already blessed. If we were to share the grace now, God has feasted with us. As you were coming in, you were given a chocolate. How many of you received chocolate? You received your chocolate. Amen. This is courtesy, the greatest ministry. How many of you have a chocolate in your hand? Ah, okay. So they bypass some of you. Oh God. Okay, you receive something like this in my hand. Maybe you didn't know it's chocolate. It's chocolate that is there. Alright? It's chocolate that is there. So, amen. I don't have, let me see your hands up. Oh, maybe you are too spiritual to take one. Ah. <laughs> it's, an, it's an innovation. Uh, the choir led us to sing, look and leave. This one is eat and leave. Uh, as we eat of it, we will leave. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, they gave it to us free. But the idea and, uh, is that on top of each chocolate is a scripture. The idea is to help you to connect to the word of God. And I like the one they gave to me. I've read it. And I, I just thank God that this one is for me. Amen. And so the, the idea is that you take it and let it guide you all through the week. Right? So let it guide your heart through the week. Meditate upon it. Uh, so chocolate, you will eat it and probably under three minutes uh, it will go. But the word of God will abide forever. I'm producing your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. Whether you receive it or not, can you help me to put your hands together for the greatest ministry? Can we say God bless the greatest ministry? Are you jealous? Say God bless the greatest ministry. Alright. So it's very important. And... Uh, uh, that much I can I recommend it for you I recommend Job said I have found your word and I did eat them uh, <laughs> so let's eat the word and if you are in the school of ministry 
this morning, that's our workers' meeting, you will know that that's one of the points of emphasis of our minister. And I encourage everyone to be a worker in this church. We are tired of people coming here and just warming up our shares without being useful to God. We want to encourage you in the name. We love the fact that you come to church, but it profits us better when God can find you dependable and useful. So we encourage every one of you, especially if you have been in this church for about three months, we expect you to be able to see a place of service wherein you can begin to serve. We believe God that we believe that God didn't send an idiot into our church. Everyone sent by God to this house is sent because there is something that He has put in you to bless us and for us to bless you. I love what Sister Rio said concerning the need for interdependence, where that's what the issue of synergy, where we work together. I add value to your life, you add value to my life, and then we get better before we get to the outcome that we desire. Can I hear you say amen to that? God bless you, reduce my prayer. So, I was given John 14 verse 13, and I was blessed. You know what he said? Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that I will do. And I ran, I just, I just yell. I said, wow! So, whatsoever I ask in the name of Jesus, that so it will do for me. That's my scripture for the week. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when you see me rise, it is because as I am eating my chocolate, I am entrenching His word into my spirit. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Reguse my prayer. Once again, let's put our hands together for the greatest ministry. For this innovation. For this creativity. Thank you. Uh, so let somebody else also think about what we can do. This morning, the next, uh, my, my time is fast spent. I have just less than 16 minutes to spend, to, to spend with you. Joshua chapter number 10. We're taking just verse 12 to verse 14. Joshua chapter number 10. Verse number 12 to verse number 14. Then speak Joshua to the Lord. In the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And I said in the sight of Israel. Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon. And thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And what happened? The sun. the sun stood still. And the moon stayed. Until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Let's stop there this morning. Let's stop there this morning. 
precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for preparing this atmosphere so beautifully for the move of God. We thank you for all that you've done already amongst us, O God. Thank you for the internal victories that we already received. And thank you because by the grace that you bring through the message of this morning, as brief as it will be, let everyone under the sound of my voice receive a touch from your presence. Let no one remain the same again. In Jesus' name I pray. Are you here? And Joshua said, Son, stand thou still. And son stood. <laughs> you moon, don't move an inch. And it was so. Until all that he desired came to pass. Joshua was not born of Virgin Mary. In case you didn't know, Joshua was not born by extra birth. Joshua was born by a normal birth. But one day in the thick of the battle, he looked at the sight of the sun and issued a command before God. Said, so don't leave your place. And it was so. If it was Jesus that did this, well, I would say, well, it's partially God and partially man. 100% God, 100% man. And we'll be correct to make that allusion. But we are not talking about a son of God here. We are talking about a man. Who prayed. And heaven honored this prayer. And my interest this morning. Is that in our quest for an above only life. We must learn to pray with power. So I want to be speaking to you in the next 10 minutes on what I call praying with power. Praying with power. Power. Or how do you pronounce it? Power. <laughs> Glory to God. Mm. Praying with power. 
book of Luke chapter 18 verse 1. The importance of prayer was clearly spoken to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he spoke a parable unto them. That man, and I use the word man generically, this man, woman, anybody, ought always, not sometimes, not once in a while, ought always, all of the time, to pray. And when you are praying, don't faint. with power. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse number 17 the Bible admonished us to pray without season. If prayer was not important he will not be saying this to us. important. Prayer is crucial. When a man's prayer life is not hot enough, his life is not strong enough to move forward. When a man's prayer life is not hot enough, his life is not strong enough to win even the battles of life. One of the things I challenge you to know about Jesus, our Lord, is that He's our mother and is also our mentor. He's our mother and is our mentor. A mentor is someone that teaches us what to do. A mother is the one that shows us how it is done. So Jesus. Mother prayers. He also mentored us. In the school of prayer. If it was not important. He would not have done so. So one of the things. That is key. For us. In our quest to take our seat in above only position is the need for your prayer to carry power. Praying with power. If your prayer must be powerful, number one thing is that you must cash a burden for prayer. There must be a burden that moves you to the place of prayer. The reason why many people's prayer life is weak and cold and shallow and erratic is because there is no burden that propels them to the place of prayer. Isaiah chapter 13 verse 1 tells us about the need to have burden. 
Isaiah 14 verse 28 establishes. In fact, Nahum chapter 1 verse 1 tells us about the need for body. Something that you carry that stimulates you to want to pray. Usually, there are two things that can fire up a body in a life. Number one is a compelling need. When there is a compelling need in your life, it is strong enough to be able to move you to the place of prayer. Hannah demonstrated that to us. Not having a child was a compelling need in her life. And it defines her attitude at that Shiloh that year. It's a change of cheer. She cried to God in that place. She let food. Was food bad? No, food was good. But he said, food, you have mastered me for too long. This body is too strong for me to begin to eat with one side of the mouth and then still be going through all of these rigors. She packed the food aside. She was alone. Her mouth was the only one that was opening. The burden was strong in her heart. And the priest of the Lord passed by. Watched this one man warrior in the presence of God. Initially misjudged her. Woman why are you drunken? Like one of them say, hey, you don't know I am drunken, but I'm not drunken with the natural wine. I'm drunken by a body that I carry inside of me. It's a new wine altogether of the Holy Ghost. So because I have a challenge in my life, compelling need. When last did your compelling need or your need compel you into his process? Compelling need. Not just that. You can see the situation. You know it already that that's in First Samuel chapter 1. Verse number 10 to 15. And the man of God just agreed with her. By 26 and 27 of the same chapter, party time came. She could now, she could now eat. She could drink. She could do everything. In fact, she came before the church, uh, with, with something to show and told the man of God, I was the woman that you saw about a year ago who was in agony, who was in pain. He said, but for this child, I prayed. I came to this house this morning. God will give you a testimony. Maybe they are not here, but maybe they are here. God will give you a testimony. God will give you a testimony. A compelling testimony. A testimony you will carry in your hands. You will show to people. This is what the Lord has done in my life. Glory to God. Jesus had a compelling need as he went to the garden of Gethsemane. He looked at the cross. 
terrifying. He knew he was going to die. But he went before God in Matthew 26. Reading from verse number 36. He began to pray. Down to verse 44. Oh Father. If it be. If you can. Lord take this cup away from me. But not as I will. But as you will. It was a battle of two wills. The will of man and the will of God. And then he began to pray. And of course as he came back he saw some guys. Who didn't carry body. Uh, they were sleeping. Uh, small thing they were sleeping. Small thing they were sleeping. Jesus prayed at least three hours. In that garden. One hour. After one hour he will come and watch. The guys that were his prayer warriors. Oh, but they were snoring. <laughs> That's why you better don't depend on the prayer of someone else for your destiny. You better understand that your destiny is not something that, that any man would be accountable to God about. Oh, especially if the person is not a pastor. But even if he's a pastor over your life like I am, you better understand that, you see, the pastor, if he doesn't fulfill his purpose in your life, he will be judged in heaven someday. But what becomes of your own life on earth? Why will you allow somebody's mess up to create a problem for your own destiny? Oh, does Jesus took the charge on himself. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Three times he returned. The first time after one hour he returned, they were sleeping. He left them. The second time, one hour he returned, they were still sleeping. The third time after three hours, he said, now you guys, you can, you can continue. Continue to, 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 to continue. If he had depended on their prayers, he would have messed up on the cross. Maybe he would not even have gone in the first instance. He would have run away. After all, there are some they call a wool in Nigeria in some places. Absence without leaf. Just disappear. <laughs> Praise God. Glory to God. My time is gone. Praise the name of the Lord. I let me run through this. I'm not going to explain anything more. You want your prayer life to be powerful? Cash a burden. That's the first thing I saw. Make up your mind that you are going to leave your comfort zone. Make up your mind that you are not going to live a life of ease. Many people are dwelling too easily in Zion. There is no place for that. The earth is not a place for comfort. It's not a comfort zone. It's a battle zone. So don't let the devil pluck out your eyes. Alright? So that's the first thing you must learn to do. Uh, woe, Bible say, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. Isaiah 6 chapter, chapter 1. I mean, Amos 6, Amos 6 chapter, you know, verse 1. Uh, Amos 6 verse 1. He said, woe unto those people who are ease in Zion. Number two thing you need to do if you want to pray with power is to recognize the spirit of Jesus as your enabler. Jesus spirit the Holy Ghost you can't pray with power minus him he's the he's the he's the pata in the business of prayer uh, especially for you as a New Testament believer you need him uh, I, I, I just I just celebrated Sister Rio this morning the way she was bringing those things I, I was looking at her I said did this woman's 
was was what happened? What happened? Allow me preach my message this morning. I was just pray, Lord, don't let her go too far. <laughs> Praise God, Amen. You know, ye Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. You know, when she talked about singing in the Holy Ghost, just just moving in, just allow Him to just carry you in it. You see, sometimes you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like praying. Even me, I feel like that. I feel like not praying. But see, when you realize that that is your life, what do you do? You ask him who is your helper, your paracletos. Holy Ghost, I feel, I feel dry this morning. Come and help me to talk to my father. And uh, you, you, you start quietly because it's your friend that's ticket closer than a brother and then you tell him holy ghost help me just take over help me help me i'm feeling sleepy holy spirit i feel dull i feel dropped holy spirit i feel like i am not connecting i, I don't know what i feel weak this morning holy spirit can you help me i know i need to pray but my spirit seems low this morning holy spirit can you help me to pray and then you just release yourself to him sometimes it starts by what i want to talk it could trigger a song in your spirit and you just go ahead and sing that song and as you sing that song it connects to another song and you just begin to see certain things in your heart and as you look into it the things begin to flow freely you see yourself thanking God for one point to the other. At the time you feel like stopping, boy, now you have entered into the flow. Are you with me? Because when the Holy Ghost moves you in that flow, it is no longer about you. No more struggling. No more trying to do anything. It's like you are just a swimmer. You swim into him and allow the water to just carry you. Am I talking to anybody this morning? I've been there many times. And I've seen his wonderful hands helping me. From five minutes, you see yourself praying the Holy Ghost. And the atmosphere just broke. <laughs> like a woman, pregnant woman that is about to deliver. When the water sucks, pop! Babies, is come. No more struggle. Just come out freely. You want to pray with power. You need the Holy Ghost. Bible says to us that is the one that grows, grows within you. Bible says is the one that helps our infirmities. Romans chapter eight verse twenty six. For we know not how we ought to pray. We know not. Somebody said we know not. Somebody said we know not. Uh, it's not every time you know how to pray. That's why is him. Don't know what we ought to pray, but as we are, say about the spirit. Somebody say about spirit. Say about the spirit. So himself make intercession. That is, he prays through you with groanings which cannot. Praying with power. Praying with power. 
You want your prayer to be powerful. You need the Holy Ghost. And like she said to us this morning, you are here, you've been in church for some time, you can't even pray in the, you can't pray in tongues, you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you feel it's normal. It's not normal. In fact, you are living an abnormal life. Every Sunday in this church, we conduct Holy Ghost baptism class. Every Sunday. We help people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every Sunday. It's an abnormal life for a Christian who cannot pray in the Holy Ghost. It's not normal. It's not normal. So let me just push that to you. Ask! Samuel Oyade, ask him. He's the one in charge of MIT classes. Every Sunday, that's what they do. So you have no excuse to be in this church and you are not baptized with the Holy Ghost. That is what opens your life up to supernatural. So don't sit down there and say, well, speaking in tongues, maybe it's for some people. No. It's not for some people. It's for everyone. Acts chapter 2. The foundation of that, of the move of the Holy Ghost in the house. Every one of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. Everyone. Everyone. Everyone were filled with the Holy Ghost. Get through the scriptures in Acts chapter 8. Every, no, not Acts chapter 8. Yes, Acts chapter 8. Everyone. Everyone. Several scriptures in the Bible when the Holy Ghost came, He came upon not a few, upon all. So you have worried. If you are born again, you need that experience of the Holy Ghost in your life. And what it gives us, what shows to people that you are filled with the Holy Ghost is the evidence, initial evidence of speaking in the language of the Spirit. Someone say, I hear you. So you want to pray strong? You need them. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. He said, and it will pour upon us. Zechariah 12 verse 10. He said, it will pour upon us the spirits of grace and supplication. Supplication is prayers. Say, it will, it will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. What will it pour? The spirit of grace and supplications. So you need the Holy Ghost to help you to pray better. Number three, leverage on the force of worship and thanksgiving. Take advantage of the power of worship. Be a worshiper. Just raise a song. You know the good thing about God is that in heaven, there is nothing like you are missing any chord. Just sing it as it comes to you. Are, are you listening to me? Whether it's sopranoist or it's a bass, whatever it is, just sing it. Heaven is rejoicing. Nobody is going to mark your paper. He likes it the way you are. Just lift up your voice and sing to him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And is caught with praise. Worship him in the beauty of his holiness. He 
opens your life to prayers. People don't even know that worship is prayers. You don't even know that. That is not until you do like Agama Lizard all the time. Just sing unto him a new song. Just celebrate in his presence. Tell him how big and powerful he is. Tell him how intentional his love is for you. Tell him how reliable and dependable he is to you. Tell him the many battles you could not have caused that he helped you out. He said, Lord, but for you, I will have been in the bits. I will have been a mess. But thanks be to God who give unto us victory. Always through Christ Jesus. When you express like that, your prayer life becomes sharper. Leverage on worship. Give him thanks. If you are a complaining person all the time, your prayer life will always be very dull. Learn to thank him. There is so much around you to use to thank God for. Thank God for your hair. Thank God for your brain. Thank God for your eyes. Thank God for your feet. Thank God for everything. Thank God that you went to bed and you came back. Thank God that you could go to restroom yourself. Thank God that nobody is dragging you around. Thank God that your yesterday's mistake did not kill you before daybreak. Thank God that you have Jesus as your, as your helper and your advocate. Thank God for your business. Look at the 1,000 Naira prophet and thank him for it. Say, Lord, I thank you. I was expecting 10,000. But I thank you for this 1,000. Thank him. That is how people who pray strong, that's what they know. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? And number four, make use of the word of God. Be a friend of the, of the word. Again, Sister Ariel mentioned that to us. Number five, be a disciple or a, no, 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 be, no, have a discipline of time. Have a, have control of your time. One of the things that the devil does is to waste your time. Invest time in prayers. Jesus, every one hour, he, that means he made, he, he probably has a timer. Say, as I'm going for this prayer meeting, I am spending one hour. You don't believe? That's what the Bible tells us. Because he told them, he said, you mean you guys cannot wash with me? For what? For one hour? Why will he be talking about one hour if it was not what the time they said with? The first time? The second time? The third time? Time himself. You want your prayer life to be powerful? Use time. Make up your mind. I am going to pray for 30 minutes. I am going to sing in tongues. I'm going to speak in tongues for one hour. And you will lock up yourself. So that's what you want to do. Sometimes I throw away certain things. Put my phone on silent mode. Let the queen of England call. I'm not available. Because the one who is greater than the queen is the one I'm talking to. Am I talking to you? Trust me in prayer. The devil will try to distract you. But make up your mind you will not. Number six, create a good atmosphere for prayer to happen. Sometimes, you see, don't deceive yourself. 
You want to pray, but television, Arsenal, and Liverpool, you won't pray. And it's not good that the day they beat Arsenal, after they finish beating you, you now say, I want to go and pray. In fact, as you are in the place of prayer, all those things are coming. You are remembering. Uh, so you can't flow. <laughs> you can't flow. <laughs> Praise God. So that would be a wrong time to go pray because you are still wounded. Uh, so, <laughs> pray. Amen. <laughs> uh, Bible says Jesus in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. 135. Bible says early in the morning she woke up. And she went into a, a place, solitary place, and there he prayed. So there is a place, an atmosphere to pray. Finally, when you get to the place of prayer, be determined to push. Be determined to what? That push is an acronym, meaning pray until something happens. Have target. That lady said, For this child, I did what? I prayed. Half target. Half target. I will not stop praying. I will pray ceaselessly until heaven respond to me. I will not stop. That's what I'm talking to you about. I pray that heaven will fire up your prayer life. You didn't hear me. I said heaven will fire up your head. May you receive fire in your prayer life. May God fire you up again. May the Holy Ghost fire you up again. May every laziness stop in your life. May every mediocrity be defeated in your prayer life. May your prayer life be like Joshua. May you be a commander of results. May you speak and come to pass. Stand to your feet and shout hallelujah. Did you receive anything this morning?